Fab Radio International dot com. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. A billion years in the making. The event horizon of Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m. Exclusive to Fam Radio International. Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce, and Mr. Martin Unsworth. Hello. We are the editors of Starburst Magazine, the world's longest-running magazine of cult entertainment, and we bring you this show every week. It's the magazine, uh, but in radio form, we supplement what's in the It's the oral version. That's the oral with an A. Indeed it is. And we were away last week. And we apologise for that. There were technical difficulties. A few gremlins. Yeah, we've had a good run so far, haven't we? We've yeah. not missed a week. But unfortunately, we're with you spiritually and audibly, but we're not physically here tonight because tonight, Wednesday, the 15th of August, is my birthday. So I'm having that off somewhere. You've got to have it off somewhere. That's lucky you. Indeed. <laughs> I don't know where I'm having it off, but I'm, I'm, uh, I, I will not be in the studio. So as long as we, Charlie doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> we've pre-recorded this little segment. Chris is back next week, so there shouldn't be any problems there. He's he's couldn't make it at this time. He's out on the Raz today. Yeah. So Partying. It's all fun. It's party, party, party. So in the meantime, we thought rather than, than not be here, we would pre-record this this show for you and also it does mean that when we make some of our mistakes we can leave them in <laughs> like we normally do yeah so anyway there there was a massive piece of news uh, yesterday yep. and it, it confounded me i couldn't believe it now anybody that's familiar with star trek and the new version abrams version that started in 2009 where they wanted to do something new with it and this is the point where the licensing issue started to become complicated because until then you had Paramount and, and CBS had all of it and you'd had the movies made by Paramount but you had also stuff put out on uh, CBS they, they, you would have Next Generation and the movies being made in harmony and it was all neat when it came to the new iteration of it they... Paramount wanted to make them, but the rights had all been collapsed in some complex manner into CBS. So they had all the rights. So they said to Paramount, well, yes, you can make these movies, but they need to be distinct. 
from the Star Trek TV shows and any shows that we might want to do. So Abrams went, okay, fine. So Bad Robot, his company, got involved and decided we're going to do a reboot, but what we're going to do is we're going to do it in a way that doesn't alienate. So they created a Calvin timeline, they call it, where there was a a mishap that caused a divergence throughout a different timeline, and these movies could be an alternative version of the adventures of a young Kirk, Spock, and the crew of the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. Whereas the uh, Rodenberry version back in the 80s, late 80s, he decided, well, we're going to do the new adventures, but it, it needs to be a new crew because Kirk and Spock and everyone weren't essential it was the ethos of Star Trek and, and you can have a new crew of the Enterprise anytime you want. So we moved the story forward 70 years and you got the next generation. Whereas Abrams um, and co, they felt very strongly that the heart and soul of Star Trek is Kirk and Spock. So they went to get the band back together. So it was a complex situation, but I would imagine you'd agree with me that the 2009 movie was a, a hit all round. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it dragged in a lot of people I know that don't particularly like Star Trek and would not would watch the odd episode, and that's about it. And they suddenly were in a very main... They were watching a Star Trek movie in a very mainstream environment. It, the fans were happy to see a sort of cool new take on the classic Star Trek, and, and yet it seemed to leave the door open that that CBS could do a Star Trek TV show that could be back in the classic timeline or, mm-hmm. or whatever you could. It doesn't. It didn't mean that Picard and all that hadn't been done. This was just a different version of it. Then, second movie comes along, and they could have done anything at this point because they'd set up the timeline so that uh, at the end of the first movie... Kirk uh, was the new captain of the Enterprise. Spock was there. Everybody we were, were, they were about was, to boldly go. They were on. If everyone remembers the original TV show, they went on a five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. Blah blah blah. Then the uh, second movie starts, and it starts well enough. We're on a, an away mission, and then Kirk loses his command of the Enterprise for disciplinary and spends the rest of the movie trying to get it back. And en route, they throw in what to me was a hideous, dreadful remake, rehash, whatever you want to call it, of Wrath of Khan Mm. with um, somebody who's supposed to be of Indian origin, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And it was bizarre. And then the clever bit where they reverse the roles (coughs) and and Spock goes, Khan, instead Mm. of instead of uh, Kirk and and I thought that movie was a disaster I really did, I thought it was a disaster to to actually do that when you had everything set up, what everybody wanted was a new adventure of the Starship Enterprise, you know we didn't want all this, they didn't need to do a sequel to or remake or whatever to to Wrath of Khan You could have nods, you could have little in-jokes but Yeah, well they proved that they could do their own movie and be its own beast with the first one, albeit it was a an origin <coughs> story, it manages, it managed to be its own mm. uh, original movie. Now the, so where do you go from there? At the end of the of the second one he's again setting off on his five year mission, he's about mm. to go off and do it and you think, oh my god, at Finally, last yeah. Where, so the second one was a complete distraction, then 
there's a lot of technical difficulties and, and legal issues and financial problems with the studios. And the follow-up was a few years later than it was planned. And Star Trek Beyond came along. And I have to say, it had the most underwhelming um, and belated publicity campaign I've ever seen. I mean, I knew people who had no idea there was a third Star Trek movie no. coming out. And considering the support that it had, I've got to say, I was expecting the third one to not do quite as well because there was a bad reaction to the second movie. And you get, uh, you always get a bad result. Even if the third one was going to be a great, fantastic movie, I would have imagined it wouldn't have done as well. Now, the third one opens up, and here's the problem for me. Although, if you watch that movie... It's a lot more fun than the second one. Mm -hmm. It is its own little story. And if it was one of about five movies mm. and that was just a one-off, you'd take it as, yeah, that's an interesting little instalment. But basically, we've had an origin story. Then he sets off to do his mission. The second one, the mission gets uh, hijacked. There's a weird version of Wrath of Khan. And then he goes off on his mission. And in the third one, we're three or four years into this mission. And he's complaining about, oh, well, it's got all episodic. We've had all these adventures, but it's... And we go, well, we wanted to see those adventures. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to see those adventures. So instead, we've missed out on the five-year mission. And it starts with the Enterprise literally being attacked within minutes of the film starting. It's completely destroyed. Mm. They're stranded on a planet. And then you've got a bit of a, an action movie, Star Trek, buddy-buddy uh, sort of cop show thing going on with um, with Spock and, and McCoy which is always an interesting dynamic but does it carry a whole movie I would have said not it was fun and it was obviously partly written by Simon Pegg and it was more of a comedy yeah I didn't so, actually mind that one no but... it was enjoyable I enjoyed it but yeah. my point is we then go through that entire movie and then at the end of the third movie they're off on a new mission to explore strange new worlds, blah, blah, blah. When are we going to see the adventure? When are we going to actually it, see the stuff we want to see? It's the, the Batman thing all over again, isn't it? It is. I refer to it as a Swiss, a Swiss cheese trilogy where, where you get the Dark Knight. We have the, an origin story of the Dark Knight. Oh, great, Batman uh, begins. Then the Dark Knight, it's straight after he faces off with the Joker. Then he goes into retirement. Then the third movie starts seven years later and he's absolutely burnt out and comes mm. back for one last hurrah. And then you go, when was he actually Batman kicking yeah. ass? <laughs> when was when was the actual meat of this story? You're getting all the periphery yeah. and none of the actual You're stuff. You're getting the padding, but... Yeah, so James Bond, they did it. Mm. We had Casino Royale. Then you had Quantum of Solace, which was a second part to it. So you had an origin story over two movies. Then in Skyfall, it starts with him burnt out. Yep. And he's and all his past is behind him. And then they do a reboot. Then you've got this weird, you know, weird version of the uh, Blofeld saga that's told afterwards. But at no point have you seen James Bond kicking ass as James Bond. No. And, and no, at no point did you see Batman just being Batman and having those adventures. Star Trek's done the same. And what they're doing <coughs> is they're going, oh, well, we don't want all that stuff. We want a beginning. Oh, let's cut to that middle bit, that big story. No, Wrath of Khan or whatever, or Spectre. Let's yeah, do that. Yeah. And then we'll cut to the end because that's what, you know. And it's like, no, 
you lazy arsehole. Well, they're just obsessed with trilogies nowadays. Yeah, it's... but they want, but they're not actually telling a story in no. this trilogy. They're no. telling you a massive origin story, then some big event from the mid middle of whatever it is, be it a comic book series or whatever. Then they go straight to what they would like to do: tell the end, you mm. know, and do a Grant Morrison and have a really, you know, big epic end. Well, anyone can do. I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, and I, I, not everyone would agree with me. I think you're cheating by just going to the end of it. Everyone can do do the end. The, it's easy to do the end because you're not constrained by having to tell any more stories mm. after that. And they did the same thing. Grant Morrison took over the X-Men comic book and he made it really mainstream and tried to get a mass audience and it worked, got everyone on board. And within three years, he got bored and he, he built to the, his last issue was literally the final issue of the X-Men. Yeah. Jean Grey's got killed. Um, so loads of other characters are dead. Uh, Wolverine literally decapitates Magneto <laughs> and all the rest of it, yeah. And he left that toy box with all the action figures all ripped up and Barbie doll heads stuck on them and all yeah, sorts yeah. of stuff. And whoever was coming to play next... He was left it's in like, a mess. Uh, 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 yeah, I know. I'm surprised what, Marvel. What's going let, on? I'm surprised Marvel let him do it. But if you are gonna just tell the end, and it don't matter who you kill off, and it don't, you can. Do, that's easy to do that mm. and get dramatic payoff. But what's difficult is to get dramatic payoff and still leave the saga open so you could do something. So I've never been a fan of these big dramatic end no, things. No. So that that so where what's all this building up to? Well, the fourth one. They were they again were were about and when you think about this, it was a stroke of genius. Like it was the best reboot, almost successful reboot since New Doctor Who. Mm. It pleased everybody, got the Star Trek fans and the mainstream audience sat in a cinema together enjoying a, a goofy adventure yeah, yeah. in in space. And uh, what what they they've missed opportunity with the second one. Missed opportunity with the third one. And now finally, oh, are we going to get what we want? Well, it seems not. They were negotiating the fourth one. Bear in mind, Star Trek Beyond bombed at the box office. It was a dud. It roughly, they think it actually lost on, on its production. Mm. I, I think it actually lost money. It didn't even break even. So we're waiting for the next one. And what's clearly gone on behind the scenes, I'm filling a few blanks in is they've been negotiating the... I thought this was a lock, by the way. They'd all agreed the fourth one. There's a script there. Mm. The fourth Star Trek movie um, of this new timeline is is there, ready to be made. And so what do you do in the negotiations? Well, apparently, you don't agree to pay Chris Pine to be James T. Kirk because him... Uh, this one had a story that involved his dad, who was the reason um, this Calvin timeline happened in the first place, the first movie. And he's played by Chris Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. Now, he played him just before he uh, became known in the Marvel Studios versions of yeah. 4. So Hemsworth was an unknown then. Well, yeah, you're going to get Hemsworth back. Now, he's not going to get... He's won a bit more no. than he wanted in It's not on cameo money, is it? Right. But equally, I would have thought if you can't get him, you could have done something else. You could have altered the story so it's an older version of him and it's played by someone else. You mm. could have got away with that. Yeah, the Chris Pine is not coming back as James T. Kirk in the new fourth Star Trek movie because they didn't 
agree a wage. In other words, Chris Pine said, I want this amount. And they went, you can fuck off. <laughs> and that's where we are. Now, wow. How the hell can you take something so far down the line and not nail on the, the stars? Now, they only had a three-movie contract. It's mm. standard that. And this is the this is the problem. So you had to, I would have thought, job number one, get the cast together. Yeah. One of the cast wouldn't be returning anyway, who does uh, Anton <coughs> Yelchin. Mm. Now, as Chekhov, he was very much a comedy relief character. He yeah. was a bright guy, really charming, really nice. He did a really nice version of Walter Koenig's um, Chekhov character. And sadly, he left the... He didn't put the. There was a fault with a handbrake on his car, and he got impaled on his own bloody uh, gates on his house. Mm. It rolled back and hit him as he was bloody uh, closing the gates. It's the most terrible accident I've ever heard of. And so you've already got you're going into this movie with without one of your key players, and he he was he was arguably you could say Zoe Zold, Zoldana as um, Yuhura was well known. But I think Yelchin's star was rising at the time. You know, he'd, he'd been done a in, lot of good stuff. He uh, had. He was on a roll. He'd just done the uh, the uh, green room, green hadn't room. he? Green and, room was great. Um, what about the, um, the only lovers left alive? He was yeah. great in that. Yeah. And he was. It, so you've lost him. So you've really got to, this. The the three important people. You've got to get Urban back as McCoy. He's essential. Yeah. You've got to get Quinto back as Spock. Well, he's, he's the face, really, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah. looks so much like He does. He, he looks like Nimoy, he does, and he, he acts like Nimoy. And, you know, and he they got on together. They were really good friends as well, them mm. two. They, they really hit it off. And he div- gave him a lot of advice and mentored him how to play the role as well, which, so that's key. But Pine did all right as Kirk. He, he, he wasn't doing a William Shatner impersonation. No, no. Now, so you've got a choice now. The next you the next movie they bin it, and that's the end of Star Trek at the cinema for some time until yeah. they can get something sorted out with CBS where the rights are all in one camp again, and maybe CBS will, will work with Paramount to get come up with a contract where they can have what's going on on TV crossover into the yeah. cinema. That's the ideal route. The, the, the Discovery movie. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Whatever. Yeah. Well, well, maybe we've not We've got that, so many. We've got know. we've got so many other Trek projects in yeah. the uh, in the works, isn't there? So? so so yeah, you've got that situation. You've got now they're they're left with a situation of, of that's the end of the cinema series, or you. I somehow and I don't know after it's been this public unless it's the most amazing ploy by Chris Pine's agent then I don't see how you're going to get him back now because it's so public the, the split it's all over the uh, the news so that I think is out of that I mean maybe they will I don't know or you write out Captain Kirk and Spock's in charge and then do that I, I think that and I think that would probably lose a massive big other I big do. portion of the audience anyway. I do. I don't think people want to m- see that. Maybe film. the cast should write an open letter and I'll sign it. Oh, yeah. To, to, uh... Oh, are we getting back on Mr. <laughs> Mr. James Gunn? I've got a coda to that story in a minute. But the yeah, well, it the, didn't work, did it? No, so. it didn't work because... because it, I'll tell you why it didn't work with James Gunn, them asking them to bring him back. The, the cast asking Disney didn't work 
because this week, right, almost days after that letter has occurred, Breitbart News, and they're the ones driving this, mate, so I'm, let's be honest about this. As much as I think he's a dodgy geezer and all the stuff he's said is way over the line. It's incredibly political. It is. It's the right-wingers and Breitbart News. That's the um, Steve Bannon who was uh, Trump's... Uh, very, very ultra right wing white supremacist um, and Brian, strategist. And, uh, what's it? Boris Johnson's uh, best mate? Yeah, I know. Well, they're all mates. They mm. all believe in the same thing. They like uh, they like being white, and other people that aren't white not having it quite as well as they've got it. And they, yeah, they basically Breitbart News have dug up a very, 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 very screwed up photograph of James Gunn at a party pretending to be a bunch of paedophiles it looks like he's he's dressed as a priest assaulting um, somebody dressed up as a schoolgirl. there's a maid in there there's somebody else where a girl who's in a, a dress look supposedly underage who some mate of his another guy is strangling her he's got his hands around her throat, it's a very unfortunate photograph to come to light. And what's happened here, Martin, is is they got all this from get-go, by the way. Mm. They dug all this up all at once when oh, the they decided to me, go yeah. after him. Yeah, mm. And they are just every single time it seems to maybe be calming down, they'll just throw another bit of petrol on the fire. So yeah, they've yeah. had that picture for months since it started. So that's that. So Star Trek, is it going to be... Yeah, please, Chris, please come back. Uh, uh, we will publicly humiliate ourselves and offer you loads more money, which might upset the rest of the I'm cast. I'm sure it yeah. damn well will. And then they may all ask for more money. Quinto will go, what about me? Yeah. I have to wear these stupid ears, you know. <laughs> and or you have a movie that Spock is the captain and you introduce, or, or you recast James T. Kirk again. So you have your third incarnation of James T. Kirk. He might have been in an accident. Yeah. And they've just changed his face. Yeah, he may be. You you don't know. Do you know that when they first changed James Bond in 1968, that Sean Connery, they were that worried about Sean Connery uh, leaving, that they didn't, the, the natural thing they've done now and just recast and then there's a there's always a little scene at the beginning of a new Bond movie where you see sort of almost a silhouette of the character then mm. they show you the face and it's and it's like oh we're new Bond yeah they did it well with Jim Dalton Tim Dalton Jim mm. Dalton who's he? <laughs> That's his brother Tim Dalton um, he did the porno yeah, ones <laughs> he was climbing a mountain and then you just saw the back of his head and then he turned round and then you're like oh it's a new Bond yeah. they did it brilliantly with uh, the beginning of Honor Majesty's Secret Service you saw almost a silhouette of him and at the end of it, you didn't. There was a big fight, and you still hadn't seen yeah, yeah. the face. It could Establish have been Connery. It, that, that is him. It is him. Could you have know, been Sean you know. Connery up to that point, and then all of a sudden, um, the girl he's rescuing, who was uh, going to be his wife in the movie by the end of it, uh, played by Diana Rigg, she wakes up, looks, and then you see his face for the first time. He goes, "Hello, I'm Bond, James Bond. How do you do, sort of thing." Mm. And uh, then you had the gag when he, he then has enough, some more fisticuffs, during which point she runs off and all he's left is holding her shoes. You know, he's not got anywhere. And he goes, this never happened to the other fella. This never happened to the other fella. Well, they just assumed, heading into this movie, that they had to put that he looked different. In They had to address it in the narrative. Mm. They didn't think, oh, we'll just put a, a star in and get on with it. 
they assumed, well, we've got to mention that he's got a different face. We've got to work it into it. So the big, the first script of an, on Her Majesty's Secret Service starts with him leaving a clinic where he's had plastic surgery yeah. because he was getting that well known that that he couldn't perform. Go undercover. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't go undercover and Spectre knew what he looked like. Blofeld did. So um, they, they made him change his looks, his appearance, yeah. And um, everybody, when they were doing the read-throughs for it, hated it. Everybody hated mm. it. And Cubby Broccoli went, I don't like this. And they, they went, well, what are we supposed to do then? And, and Cubby went, just carry on as if normal. Yeah. And then they added the the joke to to and that was yeah. it and that was their only nod. That's they the went, wink. You we're know. just we're just gonna tell you you yeah, we got a new guy. We're moving on, that's it. Yeah. But I don't think you can do that with, with this Star Trek. I think that Pine is very popular is is in that role. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I think Kim and Quinto and a good Urban. Actor, so. Yeah, I don't think the others are. I think if you swapped out, I'm, I know this is controversial. I think if you swapped out Yahura or what's his face from um, Kumar, Harold and Kumar guy. Yeah, from is yeah. uh, uh, as as Sulu. I don't think anyone had bat an eyelid, but. I think if you get rid of the, any the one fans of those, but but the, it's not about the fans. Well, my favourite in these movies is Urban as McCoy. Yeah, I think he. If you told me that that was him as a young guy, that was that was DeForest Kelly's son. I'd believe it. Yeah, yeah. He's but got he's, his he's, mannerisms. He's great in anything, though, isn't he? He's very, very good. Yeah. He was great as Dread, which yeah. is a shame why it didn't continue. Absolutely. So yeah, that that's the big story for me. That really rocked me. That I I wasn't expecting it because. I thought they would have locked those guys in. Well, yeah, before making any any announcements. Yeah, because you can't do what they've they've just done. In my Interestingly, opinion. if if this was going to be the rumored Tarantino film, yeah, which apparently is a different entity altogether. It says, yeah. Would you reckon he would have refused on that one? No. No. No, because, I don't. Because it's about the kudos of working it with It is. Him. Everybody, there's still a massive kudos of working with Tarantino. And For I don't, now. I mean, the guy that they got to do Star Trek Beyond, and this was a weird choice, he's the guy, um, oh, what's his bloody name now, uh, the director. He, he's, he, he did a lot of the Fast and the Furious movies. Mm, yeah, yeah. And he brought that aesthetic to the Star Trek universe. It mm. was an interesting gamble because he brought that fast pace to, but, Here's the thing. Abrams had already done that. If you actually watch the original Star Trek, they, there was no more, you know, walking down corridors. Everyone was running down corridors at mm. angles with, with lens flare going off everywhere. And everything was hyper, wasn't it? In, yeah, yeah. In them. And then you, on top of that, brought in a guy from Fast and the Furious to, to hyper, hyper it up and, and speed it up even more. I think... That's why Star Trek Beyond is quite a strange movie if you actually watch it. It's yeah, fun, yeah. but I prefer the character moments than the actual uh, yeah. crazy, n- noisy, messy special effects that are going on. I mean, the beginning of the with the Enterprise being destroyed, if you compare that to what the first time they ever did that, they destroyed the Enterprise and it shocked everyone to death in um, Star Trek Three: In Search of Spock. And that is such a dramatic moment, yeah. And by comparison, 
that reminds me of like something out of the Transformers when the Enterprise gets destroyed yeah, yeah. In, in that. But also, we, we'd, we'd grown up with that Enterprise from the 60s series onwards. It yeah. was part of the cast. It was. Oh, oh yeah, no, I agree. Know. I agree. And I don't think, and yet, as I've already pointed out, you've not had time to bond with this Enterprise no. because the, it gets taken off him and the, he, he, it takes ages because it's an origin story for him to get on board and be captain. Then in the second one, it's taken off him and he only gets it back towards the end. Yeah. And let's have it right, it gets the shit blown out of it all the way through that film. Yeah. So you think it's nearly destroyed. Then in the third one, within five minutes of the of the movie opening, you've destroyed it and you're expecting some sort of emotional payoff where everyone goes, oh my God, the Enterprise is destroyed. We didn't even bond with it. No. You didn't even care. Like when the destroyed, people weren't unanimously... Uh, enamoured with Star Trek Generations but when the Enterprise D blew up and mm. there was the scene at the end with Picard picking through the stuff in his office and picking his stuff up um, out of his burnt out and you saw his little fish tank all burnt out and all that, <laughs> they, that, that meant something because yeah. we'd seen seven seasons exactly. of that ship. It, was, it became part of literally the scenery of the show. Yeah so. I know and so when it went it went and I don't, I, the, the problem is these days and I say these days like an old guy, modern filmmakers. Shaking your fist. They're expecting you to be invested just too be, quick. Just because they're telling you to, basically. Yeah. It they, doesn't, you know, storytelling yeah. doesn't work that way. So No, you've got to, if you want people to care about a character, you've got to spend time getting to know them. If you've got, a, if, if a, a ship is a character, a, one of these spaceships, like when the Liberator blew up in Blake 7, you mm. cared because you'd had years of, of hanging around and seeing the ship and yeah, it was yeah. iconic. You, you and, knew it inside out. Yeah, you know, if you the TARDIS, whenever they've done... When, uh, they've always when, reset when, it after when they blow it up again that's what you mean well I know yeah <laughs> but the TARDIS uh, occasionally you've seen it get blown up it always turns out never to have been destroyed but no. the few times they've done it you you were like oh my god the TARDIS has been blown up yeah it, it's, it matters because you spent so much time with them and that well that's that anyway I mean we, maybe we should have a break now yeah um, we're just going to have the one break we're only on for an hour's show tonight so we'll be over at uh, 10 o'clock just after 10 o'clock so you can put your Harlicks on now indeed but the but next week next Wednesday Chris is back we've got a full show for you um, we are going to be interviewing a very interesting guy who's done something that I really admire we'll be back right after this it's so scary, we dare you to see The Monsters Crash the Pajama Party, the first movie ever filmed in horror vision, Hollywood's latest miracle. You'll scream as fiendish movie monsters actually become alive, then crash right out of the screen, go into the audience, and carry screaming girls from their seats right back into the picture to become part of the movie. We warn you, horror vision is not 3D. The movie monsters become real flesh and blood. Be sure to see The Monsters Crash the Pajama Party in horror vision and color. Starburst Radio, winners of Best TV and Movie Podcast in the UK Podcasters Awards. Those hands are playing the strangest musical instrument in the world. The only instrument that is not touched by hands. You ask for it. And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And we've got no emails because it's a pre-recorded show. Can we make and, some up? Oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. oh, here's here's one from from John. 
John says, I love listening to you guys. You're the best. This is the best radio show I've ever heard in my entire life. I can find nothing negative to say about it. It's a truly uplifting experience. It's lovely, that, isn't it? And I can notice from here that he says that we always subscribe on iTunes as well. Yeah, that's, and, and that's that, right. And that he's wrote a similar review there. He does, and he's written a five-star review. Yeah. He, said he, he says that there's no point in writing anything other than a five-star review of this magnificent show. Yeah. And if you are listening on iTunes, well, maybe you, you, you could follow suit with John and write a five-star review yeah. like John has. It only takes a few seconds. Indeed. It makes us all very happy. Oh, I've got another email from Jane. And Jane says, Hello, I've just bought the latest issue of Starburst magazine. I think that Martin should tell the listeners how good it is and what they can expect and also maybe about the upcoming issue. Yeah, well, Jane, very wise decision. And I'm glad you've enjoyed the Video Nasties issue, which today was the last last, last day on sale for that one. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's, we feel like we've had it forever, don't we? But, that, that was... But, it's just giving amazing you behind the scenes on it we decided that we were going to change format because it's every now and again you've got tweak. to tweak tweak yeah and we went with different paper stock a different finish which we're always trying to make the mag better the best we can make it and this was quite a radical one i think because it 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 does feel and does look very different everything about it's slightly different and even the content some of the pages some of the graphic design elements i'm not going to bore you but we a lot of effort went into it, but me and you love the video nasties, mm-hmm. and we love the whole era. It's not just about the movies; it's about the era that exciting. It's, uh, it was somewhat strange to live through. It was. We hated it at the time because we yeah. were being deprived of summit. Yeah. But then I think once we found them avenues to get these films, that became exciting. Well, that's the exciting part of the yeah. story, and the and all and some of these movies. It didn't matter that they were being banned because they were so terrible, you yeah. know. But I mean, but but yeah, it was we, it was good for the films that they were getting banned because people have heard of them. Well, now. we've got affection for movies we shouldn't have affection for just because of that because yeah. it's part of that little era. And I think the era, the those documentaries that were made were were magnificent. What were they? Like? Oh, the uh, the one Jake West made. Yeah, uh, for for nucleus, brilliant stuff. Marvelous, and and anybody who's into it. So we decided. Well, it's not been done for a while. So as somebody pointed out the other week, and maybe at the moment this wasn't the best time to do it, and put a rape victim on the front cover of the magazine. However, it looks like a rape victim. On the front of the magazine has not put anybody off because it's our best-selling issue of the it's year. It's an empowered rape victim. Yeah, she, she she gets her own sort of justice. Yeah, and, and we're mean, all behind her. A lot of people kick off about um, "I spit on your grave," but it is it it is a story about a woman not accepting what's happened to her. And I'm not saying it's a, a healthy story. It's not. But, it's a terrible story. But, but if there's no way you can ever sympathize with those idiots that did that no and there's no way you could get any sort of enjoyment about the pain and horrendous things she goes through yeah it's it's a it's a kick in the nads and it should be and it's a great film that's well put that i mean it is and and as i say it it, there was no point in ever remaking it it was a product of its time but they did remake it and uh, the sequels to the remake actually are not that bad all right the the remake the remake goes far too far yeah 
because it's in that sort of era now where everything well, you goes. you can show and... it now. You can show it. Can I just say that the, when it comes to gore and exploitation, the the original, I spit on your grave, the, the worst scene, you don't see anything other no. than some blood rising to the surface in a bathtub. And that's the scene everybody talked about. And everybody thought when they were di- when I was discussing that movie with people, the first thing somebody would say back then when, when you know, I was still at school, I think when that was out, I was about 14 when I saw that, which is bad, but let's have it right. No one bothered about how old you were at the video shop. Well, and the um, and my grandma, I just kind of hid him <laughs> when she came in. Yeah. And the... the I remember straight away, I spoke to a friend of mine and he just went, uh, oh, described it as, oh, is that the one? Yeah, she cuts his dick, she cuts someone's dick off, doesn't she? And technically she does, but you don't, it doesn't, that sounds worse than it is. It's the idea of, it's like the human centipede in that movie. You don't see as much as people think they've seen when they've watched no, it. No, no. It's, it's not actually that gratuitous, but, but I Spit on Your Grave was uh, that poster but the reason why we used it on the front is because it was um, it was it's iconic and to me so that, that and Driller Killer that those was that two was the, the the video cover rather than the original poster correct yeah because the original poster had uh, Camille Keaton on it and it yeah. was I think it was still under the name of Day of, Day of the Woman in them days yeah uh, but this famous cover yeah and and we actually mentioned it in the letters for the new issue that comes out yes tomorrow yes um. There was a rumour that it was uh, Demi, Demi Moore. Moore, yeah. And apparently... Where the hell did that come from? That apparently, rumor? though, and, and I would look this up answering a question in the we were asked in the issue, it, it comes from Demi Moore herself. Why? She was. Why ha- would you want to pretend to be her, of all things? She was um, knocking about with uh, Charlie Band at the time. Our, oh, yeah. Our good friend, Charlie yeah, Band. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and she told him... Oh, that, that's me, that. Oh, right. So whether she's have, having him on... To herself a role in something he yeah. was doing, right? I get Cause, you. Because she was in Parasite at the time, which was one of his films oh, in yeah. the early 80s. 3D film. I forgot. I forgot all about it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, right. So so, that... so she started the rumour, yeah. and whether or not it's true or not, we don't know. But... So, yeah, so that, that ended up being our best-selling issue of the year, and... We've, so far, we covered a lot of stuff in that, and it and it's done, and we're very, very, very pleased. We just like to say thanks to everybody who, who went out and bought that issue because we are an independent, and I get the violins out now for the independents. But every other magazine that you've got out there that that's dealing with movies, movie reviews, or or anything of this type, uh, we are the only one that's an independent. Literally the only one. Every other magazine, SFX, Sci-Fi Now, Total Film, Empire, they've got massive publishing houses behind them. They've got millions and millions of pounds behind them, just just billions in the case of Biomedia and Empire. They, they can buy access to studios. They can do whatever they want. We work with, and especially Martin puts a lot of work in, with independent movie makers and filmmakers. We, we have a different modus operandi we we are here to try to give people an independent filmmaker we're, we're nurturing we're nurturing yeah. this talent as well and giving we them are. a voice and 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 as a result we're meeting a lot of really nice people we're getting involved in things that are, are interesting and it's a very rich experience for us running the magazine but 
it is still, as I say, every month it's a struggle to, for an independent to put out a printed publication. I'm not trying to get the violins out, but that it, it is. So when we do get support and off you guys, it's not taken lightly. It's really appreciated. So thank you very much for that. Now, we have got a new issue that has just arrived back from the printers. Yep. On, on, on sale tomorrow. Indeed. Issue on sale tomorrow. 452 with the Predator on the cover. That's the main image. Yeah. But in there, one of our favourite features we've had for a while in there, mm. which, as you've put on the cover, fun with nuns. Yeah. Because the film The Nun is due out very, yeah, very soon. That's right. So rather than just focus on that, we've, we're looking at other... Nuns. Na- naughty nuns. Naughty, pretty bad nuns. And and, yeah. and the, the genius title we came up with for the, the feature. Yeah. Bad habit. Brilliant. But, but I'm thinking now... Spin-off magazine. I think Fun With Nuns should be a great top-shelf magazine. See, we had we used to have Sister Magazine to Starburst used to be Shivers, the horror magazine, and also TV Zone, but I think Fun With Nuns, their time is yeah. now. The time is now for Fun With Nuns. I, I think I think pictorials, Yeah, I'm seeing it now. The world's longest, and it will be, even after issue one, it will be, the world's longest-running magazine of monotheistic exploitation. Yeah. With, uh, it, we could do it like, um, like ho- not hello, what's the take a break one? Oh, yeah. You know, when they've got like up my cloisters and all this oh, stuff. Oh, God <laughs> almighty. It's, he it's, took me in the vestry. See, see I, do, I do like the title. I think fun with nuns is great. I really do. But that's it. We, when, it when it came to uh, what was going, the cover blurb on it, and I put that on, and then... Um, yeah, it also had the title of the piece in it, and um, and Chris was was saying to me, you know, that it's, we're doubling down there. I reckon we should just cut it back to just the one. And for that minute, I went, and I just remember saying to him, "Oh, please, let's not lose fun with nuns." Yeah, I was so, <laughs> so no, I didn't mean that anyway. He just thought bad habit had to go. And, yeah, because it's, it's inside. The bad habit is yeah. inside. So yeah, so no, we do we dealt with a lot of stuff. I've got to be honest, we're covering venom, but. And Jackie Chan, which is a great piece, by the way. You're going to love it. If you're into the Jackie Chan movies, that's fantastic. But we also look at a lot of the usual Doctor Who, um, Star Trek. But the, I've got to say, the the uh, the stuff we're covering, Venom, and I make it plain, even in the editorial, that I, I, I never was a fan of the character. I loved it as a villain in the Spider-Man comic. I do not rate him as a character in his own right he just is not strong enough to carry it for me and i don't think this movie's going to be any good and that's all i'm going to say on it it's supposed to be the cornerstone of a new spy- sony spider-verse yep. so that when the rights revert back after the um sequel to spider-man homecoming and the second avengers movie they think they'll have a an audience that's watched venom and some other spider-man movies without spider-man in them and they'll go here we go. Here's our next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland because yep. Sony do have him under contract for one more movie without Marvel on the contract. Yep. And they're going to pull a fast one. So Absolutely. that sucks that. And, and a little segue on that one. Yeah. A little bit of news burst since mm. Chris isn't here to carry our news. Yeah. Uh, officially, Silver and Black's been cancelled. Oh, when did that happen? Uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, but they're going to do solo films for Black Cat and Silver Sable. 
they're not, are they? No. Not no. when Venom tanks at the box no. office. But, I'm just but saying, we've got to report it. So. I may be wrong, as this is pre-recorded. Uh, we're still, like, you know, middle of August. Um, when's Venom out? October 5th. I yeah, think. so we've not got long to wait, and we'll find out. But I am predicting that it is going to open lacklustre. And it's going to drop off a cliff the following week, and I don't think it's going to be a good movie. I think, I think there's going to be a, a, a Tom Hardy hardiness there behind it. There always is. There always is. But, but when is they realise that yeah. he's not going to get his top off as much, and he's not, uh, yeah, he's basically going to be covered in oil, for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slimy oil for most of the movie. Yeah, that's it. One thing that's in this, before, I don't want to just turn it into one long advert for for it, but. One thing Just a I short one. it'd be nice to discuss because we're covering it in, in here. Slenderman. Now mm. Slenderman is is has come from this phenomenon called creepy pasta. And a lot of some people will go, What the hell is he talking about, creepy pasta? I, I know what it is because I like um, Channel Zero, mm. the T V show. And Channel Zero season one. It's into three seasons. I've only seen the first season. It's absolutely magnificent. Channel Zero and it's uh, Candle Cove, it's called, season one of it. And Candle Cove, it's basically a story where a load of people grew up in an area and they all remember this TV show from childhood called Candle Cove. And it's a weird-ass thing, one of these weirdy sort of TV shows. Like, you've seen stuff that on TV now, like the Teletubbies and stuff yeah. like that. That's a bit weird. HR Puffin stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, imagine that all of us remembered a show like that. But when you look into it, it was never broadcast on any channel and it was never made and no one's got any history of it. You yet know, we all watched it. There's been many kid. times where I've thought I've seen things that I yeah. haven't. Well, they've played on that with it. And um, and that's that's part of this whole creepypasta thing. The whole Channel Zero comes from that and so does the Slenderman. So can you explain creepypasta in a way? Well, basically, it's it's almost sat like your little 4chan websites and dark web things. It's it's, oh. a, it's it's a forum where it started on a forum. Sorry, it's not a creepypasta forum, but it started on a forum. Just basically people telling stories. Yeah. And and someone made up this sort of story of a, a guy, Slender Man, and just to terrify people. And it's an urban legend, mm. and as a made up ur- urban legend, but become into and yeah. you know these kids in America who believe it now. Yeah. And they're blaming you know they go and kill the sister or whatever, and they're blaming yeah. it on Slender Man's told me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not the fact that I've been beaten every day for the rest, you know, now, for all now, my life by my parents, but at some stage, somebody does something that starts some of these things off. They'll they'll create a little creature and they'll say they'll they'll start rumours on message boards about oh that we there's actually this creature that people have seen in this area of Toronto pulling it out at the top of my head. Any any area, we could say Manchester, Stockport, whatever. There's a lot of um, creatures we see around Yeah, there. we do see a lot of creatures I see in Stockport. If you say, I there's a creature, it looks a little bit like a crab and, and we think it's living in the sewers near Stockport. Some people have seen it. Next minute, somebody films a dodgy bit of video where mm-hmm. they've seen a bit of it and it's maybe some fake tentacles going down a grid that's grainy and whatever. Then yeah. somebody else takes a photo and it's not well, real and suddenly you've you, got you, you this weird that tentacle gnome video creature. for a few years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's a similar thing, isn't yeah. it? And that's that's where um, so where, where's the name? the name comes from? Sort of like cutting and pasting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, is that right? It, I think so. Yeah, it's it's that sort of thing. But it's it's just built up its own life. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's 
made this interesting, I think, because yeah. it's and the internet's really sort of helped that, and it's gone beyond being oh, like yeah. Blair Witch sort yeah. of marketing now, and mm. and now they're getting the films on. So Blair people Witch just was kind of creepy pasta, sort of. Almost, almost. That that found was... footage is is very much in the same vein as Abs- creepy pasta. Absolutely, it's in the same sort of thought of it, mm. but they utilize the internet in the way no one had because yeah. it was still very young in them days. Mm. Uh, so that's why I mentioned them anyway. Well, Not because seen, it's any good. Have but... you seen the trailer for Slenderman? I have. What do you think? It looks like another horror film because we've seen so many variations of this already. Mm. Uh, there was a, a great well, yeah. a great film called The Tall Man a few years ago Yes, which um, uh, Pascal Larger yeah. who did uh, Martyrs and, yeah. and we've got his Last next film is featured in this new oh, issue yeah, of the Mag, yeah, yeah, um, and we'll talk about maybe that in a second. But yeah. but he did this film called The Tall Man, yes, which is again this urban legend yeah, type yeah, thing, yeah. and and that is well worth checking. Well, out. They, they work, Brilliant. don't they? I mean, I'm, I've got to say, now uh, you've not seen it, have you? Channel Zero? No, I've heard right, of it, but right. I've Honestly, seen pictures of it, and it looks freaky. But... I am not kidding you. Um, it takes a lot now where you can watch something like horror. We, we've seen everything between me and you. We've seen every horrific image or weird creature. or. And that was vibe. just last Friday night. Yeah, I know, yeah, it was last Friday night. That was a night and a half, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a nice curry, though, wasn't it? Anyway, the, back on onto normal track. The, um, yeah, Candle Cove, the, the show on that. I mean, it's like Channel Zero season one. I haven't seen season two of Channel Zero, but I'm up for it. Well up for it, because mm. I loved Channel Zero season one. But Candle Cove as a story was wonderful. And I think the, it's on Shudder. I might want to check it yeah, out. Yeah, you, you really need to watch it. And I'll just say one recommendation, if all you get from this uh, radio show this week is that you get off your ass and get yourself a copy of uh, Channel Zero season one, and that is uh, subtitled um, Candle Cove. You can get it off Amazon. It's Blu-ray. You can get. It. It's only six episodes as well. So right, you only so it's not got, a massive investment. No, it's not a massive investment in time. You can just watch a disc a night, and and over two nights you'll have watched the whole story. And it's got very much that Stephen King miniseries vibe to it as well. Mm. So you're getting the best of both worlds. So if you want to find out about Creepy Pasta, and uh, that is that is the hardcore creepypasta DNA that you're helping yourself to there. So um, I suggest that you give it a look. Watch Absolutely. Yeah. You know, anyway, so we've only got, we haven't got long left. Right. So what we should be mentioning then, I know we we always try and sort of like throw a bit of horror channel in now and again. Yeah. Uh, they're starting a Fright Fest season on yeah. Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, which goes on for two weeks, finishes at the end of the actual Fright Fest, which yes. is held in London. Uh, sponsored by Arrow Video this year. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, little backstory, one of our main reviewers for the first 20, 30 years of the magazine was Alan Jones, who's one of the founders of Fright yep. Fest. He's, he's one of the co-directors. He's, yep. He started the whole shebang. And he was our main reviewer for most of the tenure. He was there with Des Skin, um, Ty's Verhage, um, what's it, uh, who, who else was there? Oh, yeah, John Brosnan. They, yeah. they were the core team yeah. of Starburst that started it. They were the us of the day. Yeah. You know, Alan Jones was pretty much doing what we're doing. You yeah. Know? So Only a bit more flamboyantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. But, um, and he's done well for himself. Yes, we're very we like him a lot. And, we do. And uh, so Fright Fest is a season on Horror Channel. Yeah. Uh, starts on Friday. You've got Summer Camp and Howl, which Paul Hyatt's uh, 
yeah. great werewolf movie. Yeah. Fright Fest, the event, yes. takes place, starts next Thursday. Yeah. And if you're attending that, you will get two issues of our magazine in your goodie bag. Which issues are them then? The video nasty one. Yeah. And this new issue so you can't lose but if you go to both days you're going to have two well, it's, on for, it's on for five days I think oh, right. Thurs- so Thursday, to, Thursday to Monday but if you pay for the weekend ticket you get a goodie yeah. bag and everybody knows the Fright Fest goodie bags are you know proper are solid two... they're not plastic bags with a load of crap no. in they no. give you some good stuff yeah. and obviously and these we're are, in that. these are two magazines that are on sale and uh, you're basically getting £10 worth of Starburst magazines for nothing. And the good magazines, these are two of the best issues we, we've ever put out. We were asked to mm. go into that. Indeed. We so didn't, that, didn't was chase quite, that, one. that was quite nice yeah. for us. Yeah. Now, one, uh, I will say this, I am. there are two movies that I'm quite looking forward to at um, that are on at Fright Fest that I would like to see as soon as possible, and that's uh, The Boar is on mm-hmm. and um what is that christmas one now um, about a family and they go oh, quite uh, mental it's santa's slaves is it it's yeah i can't it's, remember it's some, some, yeah, anyway some, just goes to show we know what we're talking about but, but that but the, the, the boar is gonna look it looks great but i do like the idea that the trailer for that has sold me on it it's a family at christmas oh they just go absolutely crazy and well there's another one yeah that uh that we were on the set of Await further instructions. Yes, is, is, yes. Is getting the UK premiere on the Sunday. Yeah, that's when we met David Bradley, who yeah. ended up playing uh, the first Doctor again, and he's ended up playing him in uh, some audio productions for another company somewhere. Yes, so, some small company, but uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get to see that sooner rather than later. But yeah, that's going to be a great little premiere. Yeah, that's set at Christmas as well. Yeah, I know. Well, it's just it's funny, isn't it? Christmas movies, so the Christmas horror movies, we seem to always like, don't we? They're, I think because, very popular. because Christmas is horrific for most people. Oh, yeah. So a nice distraction of a murderer in yeah. there is a... That's it. So it looks like uh, we're out of time. So that's that's it for us. I, I've been Mike and he's been Martin. And we will see you next week for a full show, not just an hour. Tumbling through a thousand centuries You don't know where you land It's so dark in mythology Treasures of history To be found Here the legends of time All the handiworks remain Only the dream Listening to Starburst Radio. 
the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe, TV and movie theme bar, Portland Street, Manchester. Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce, and Mr. Martin Unsworth. Hello. And yes, last week we were not here, and in some ways we're not here this week either. This is a pre-record. Last week we had technical difficulties, but, 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 oh, oh, let's start. Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. With me, Mike Royce, and Mr. Martin Unsworth. Hello. And we're the editors of the world's longest-running magazine... <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Starburst Radio at Starburst... Ah, fucking bollocks. At least-